Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing wonderful, actually. It's been such a great week. Weather in Nashville is amazing. It was like icy a week ago, and now it's beautiful. Everything is just very good. I'm really excited about today's episode, too. That's awesome. Yeah, the weather here has actually been, it's like there's not like a cloud in the sky right now, which is shocking. So I, I'm i really excited for spring, and it just keeps getting like little pieces of like nice weather and then I get my hopes up and then it rains the next day. But I'm hoping that (laughs) we're like moving towards like nicer and nicer weather. Yes. It makes such a big difference, especially when, you know, the COVID thing is still kind of, it's still happening, uh, you know, to some degree, it makes a huge difference when you can get out Mm -hmm. and enjoy the sunshine. Definitely. I'm also excited about this episode. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's going to be so good. So in case you didn't see the title of this episode. We're going to talk about how musicians can turn fans into super fans using email marketing. I love this uh, topic in general because I feel like when, you know, when people say like, is email marketing dead? (laughs) I'm like, well, first of all, all, you know, all of us working at ConvertKit are like, no, it's it's not dead. But especially Mm -hmm. in certain like niches like this, I think uh, people definitely like just underappreciate like how much email marketing can do for their, their business. Yeah. A hundred percent. We'll talk about this part a little bit more later, but just to really convince you right off the bat, email marketing for the people in my life, I know who are making a living being musicians. They say that their emails are where most of their sales come from when it comes to shows, albums, vinyl, merch, all of it. Like they can post about it on Instagram and they can email about it or Facebook, wherever they want to share. Email is always going to be the number one driver for sales, which is wonderful. And then I'm actually enrolled in a music marketing course right now. And the professor of my course, he is a music manager and has been for a really long time. And he said the exact same thing. And it was really great to hear. He said that all of his artists email is their number one source of income. So, um, a lot of the younger musicians I know who are kind of just getting started or trying to figure out how to make a living doing this, they usually don't know the value of email. And Mm -hmm. so I have to share this info with them. So we created this episode really with that kind of musician in mind. Maybe you've been doing this for a while. Maybe you're just getting started and maybe you are already making a living doing it, but you're not utilizing email marketing Mm -hmm. um, the way that you could be. So we're going to help you out and figure out how to get more listeners and get more loyal fans. Mm -hmm so that your email list is a tool for more sales and to help you earn a living doing what you love, making music. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Let's Let's hop in. (laughs) First, let's talk about really the goal of every musician, which is to get in front of more listeners. You want more ears 
to hear your music. And you want to turn those listeners into fans and turn those fans into super fans and the type of fans who are, you know, seeing you in shows anytime you come to town, buying your merch. They are excited, you know, about every release you have. And doing that, having that cycle of gaining listeners, turning the listeners to fans and to super fans, it helps you propel you forward because the more engaged, loyal listeners you have, the larger venues you're able to book, the more shows you're able to book, the more you're able to maybe get your music into retailers. There's so many more opportunities whenever you have more listeners and super engaged listeners. So we're going to talk about how to sort of start that cycle. How do you get your music in front of more listeners? I know that is a huge question for so many musicians. And the first advice I'm going to give is sort of tough love advice that I have heard from literally so many music professionals. So it's not just me. I know you might be thinking, Alyssa, you're just email marketing expert. Why are you talking about this? I've heard it from so many people who make a living and are very um, educated and experienced in this industry that the most important advice you can get is to make sure your music is as good as it can be and focus on the music first. That might sound like um, common sense, but what I see and what people I know see very often is that new musicians get really excited and, you know, maybe they've written some songs and they want to make an album. And the first thing they do is think, oh, who can I get to mix this thing? I want to get the best mix engineer possible. I want to go get the coolest photos taken for my album artwork. I want to try and find a manager who can manage me, but they haven't even really done the work to make their music as good as it can be yet. And that's not really their focus. They're trying to sort of take shortcuts and jump ahead Mm -hmm. a lot of steps. So I understand the desire to do that and it comes from a good place, but without the right songs and without really good songs, no matter who mixes your album or how cool your artwork is or who manages you, they can't go very far. Those efforts aren't going to go as far as how good the song is. I was talking to my husband about it last night and he's kind of going through this (laughs) with a client right now. And we came up with the analogy that it's sort of like, If you have been sitting on the couch throughout all of this year of quarantine and you decide you're going to run a marathon and you just jump straight into trying to find the most expensive and coolest running shoes you can find and you don't do any training at all, Mm -hmm. you're like, eh, I'm just going to get some awesome running shoes, maybe some cool, a cool outfit to run in. And you think that's going to help you run the marathon. Well, uh, your actual body is going to... (laughs) be what gets you there, you know? Right. (laughs) So it's, that's how your songs are in a creator session that convert kit had it's on YouTube. You can go check it out. Drew Holcomb said, um, the right songs will do the work for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very true. So when you think I'll get off my soapbox, but when you think (laughs) back to, it just makes me laugh when you think, when you talk about, you know, wanting to get the best photos or whatever, I'm definitely a visual person and it, I can't sing worth anything. So to all you musicians, musicians out there, like good for you for playing an instrument and singing, because I sure can't do it. I can see myself totally being one of those people who's like not focusing on the right things because I love visual things, but Also, when you think back to like the songs that we all 
love and know from whatever era you like music. Sometimes you picture the album that your parents had lying around or whatever, but normally we're not focused on like a lot of times those album covers are, they're dated. And the photos that everyone thought were super cool back then are really not that cool now a lot of times. So ultimately the the song is what's timeless, not the uh, visuals that go along with it. Yes, 100%. And I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. Um, I watched the Billie Eilish documentary. Oh, I haven't. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to be like one of those people, but I, (laughs) (laughs) I listened to Billie Eilish, like literally when that first, her first song came out, Ocean Ocean Eyes. Eyes. Mm -hmm. And I remember, yes, I put it on my playlist in like 2018 or Mm -hmm. something like a while ago. So I have always really liked her. Obviously she's extremely popular now, but I think she's the perfect example of this because in that um, documentary, they show her recording Ocean Eyes with her brother, Phineas, who's her producer, Mm -hmm. and he writes songs with her. And it's literally like in their parents' house, in their bedroom, nothing fancy at all. And they just like threw it up on the internet. But that song's so amazing. Like it didn't matter at Mm -hmm. all. Um, All the logistics around it, it's the song Mm -hmm. that did the work and went viral and look at her today. Exactly. And I think most of her songs are that way. Like the songs themselves are just so good. I think this like lesson can also be used just for anyone who's not a musician, just getting your content out there. I think that's, there's a lot of theories about like the tipping point and, you know, getting like, if you're an author, like how many books do you need to get out into the world before people start referring your book to other people? Or, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff you can look up about like the tipping point, but I think it's a lot of times like not focusing on we've talked about this in other episodes, but focusing on how many followers you have or your audience size, it's like, just help one person. And I think it's the same with music. Like if that song connects with one person, it's probably going to connect with someone else. And it's the same for other creators. Like if you believe in your content and you want to see it help one person, like get it out into the world. Yeah. I love that so much. That's so good that you related that with all sorts of other industries because that is so true. And I think a lot of people fall into the trap of like, well, I really need to have the best looking website Mm -hmm. and I should, you know, like have all these other things in place when really it's like just focus on what you're making, create the best stuff you can create. And that's going to go way farther than having the right like business coach Mm -hmm. or the right website or the best Instagram photos, whatever it may be. Okay. So let's move on, uh, from the soapbox. And so now that you've got your songs, you know, you focused on making your songs the best they can be. Another huge mistake I see artists make is that, you know, they get the songs written, recorded, produced, mastered, mixed. That's a huge process and a fun process, but then, you know, it's time to put the songs out and they just release them on Spotify, you know, iTunes, maybe they like make a post, a few posts about it on their Instagram, Mm -hmm. but they don't do much marketing at all. And they just kind of hope and pray that people will find it. Mm -hmm. With all of the music on Spotify these days, you can't really um, just cross your fingers that people are going to come across your music. Mm -hmm. It's not like in the old days (laughs) where you would go into a store, like a music store, we used to have those. And like, 
you know, poke around, look at CDs, look mm-hmm. at vinyl and see what was interesting to you. A lot of times, you know, on Spotify now, it's so crowded. Anyone can put music on Spotify. I could right now go put some music on Spotify, although you would not want me to do that. Same and, here. I shudder to think. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're talking about the marketing side, but we, you know, we're not musicians. <laughs> but anyways, the point of this is that you need to have a plan, mm-hmm. a marketing plan, and you need to work backwards. So what I've learned in my music marketing course is that it's really important to know your release date, also called the street date, mm-hmm. and to work backwards, plan at least six months in advance when it comes to marketing. You could still be like recording your music and all of that in that six months, but make sure you're also thinking about marketing that early. And go ahead and maybe set up a calendar, a content calendar, but you're going to want to be setting up like your email list and your social media and um, any other marketing tactics you're going to use ahead of your launch so that once it's time to release a song, there's an audience there ready and they're excited and you have a product to give to an audience once it's time to release mm-hmm. instead of just putting it out into the wild and, you know, having obviously your family and friends there to listen, but no real audience built up yet. I think that's a really good point. Um, it makes me think about our author episode also. I know I keep referring back to like other kinds of creators, but I just think it's important to like, you know, show that you don't have to put yourself into this box and that like creators in a lot of ways share the same struggles, but authors too. Like I think, especially when you're not working with like a huge publisher, you also want to do something similar. And I should have added this into that, um, that episode, but the way that you described that was like perfect, but having a, a plan, you don't have to pay someone, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to come up with a marketing plan. Like there are steps you can take to, like you said, same thing with an author. Like if you have a, a date where you're going to have your book come out, like work backwards and find ways to share that launch. Yeah, that's so important. And I know you and I both mentioned things like social media and email marketing, but for the purpose of this episode, we'll focus on email marketing. Although um, obviously things like Instagram and other social media tools are very important. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about how to use Instagram to build your email list. So first, for those who are feeling skeptical, because I've had this conversation with many starting out artists, you know, they're like, what do you do? tell them about email marketing and I can see their eyes sort of glaze <laughs> over and they're like, not for no. me, but yeah, <laughs> we are going to convince you otherwise. So musicians need to utilize email marketing because first of all, you own your audience with email marketing, you know, with Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever else you could be using. You're just renting your audience. Mm-hmm. Those profiles who are following you belong to Instagram And at any point, if they change the algorithm or even go out of business, which has happened, you know, look at MySpace and Vine, Mm -hmm. which I used to love. Um, So with email marketing, you can take that email list with you everywhere you go for years and years and years, as long as obviously the emails Mm -hmm. stay valid. So that's super important. And you can also build a relationship with your fans in a much deeper level. The process of following someone on Instagram is a very Mm one-sided thing. So fans are following you on Instagram. Ensure, you know, you're posting and that post is going out to anyone who follows them, but you can't really um, get personalized to someone. It's not the same as receiving an email directly in your inbox from an artist you love. 
I know if you receive an email from a musician that you're a huge fan of and it's written, you know, very personally, and maybe it's thanking you for coming to their show or it's telling you about a new song they have coming out and it gives you some backstory into mm-hmm. the song. It's just different than seeing all of that on Instagram. It feels much more personal um, and like you feel closer to that musician. And I don't know about other people, but I, there are a lot of different kinds of creators I love following on Instagram, um, including musicians, but I don't always see the content that they're putting out because of the way that Instagram has certain algorithms. So even though I like care, we're in this world where there is so much information all the time that even if you know, there'll come a moment where I'm like, oh, I haven't heard from so-and-so in forever. Um, I wonder what they're up to. And I like sometimes even think that maybe I accidentally unfollowed them, but I'm just not seeing the content they're putting out. That's so true. And one thing that made me think about, so I'm going to pick like a specific artist that I love. Um, his name is Kevin Garrett and I just love him. I've seen him, his shows like at least four times. Anytime he comes to Nashville, I'm there. And I like listen to him every time I'm in the car, just like love him. So if I think about Instagram, I love his content. You know, it doesn't obviously feel personalized mm-hmm. to me at all, but it can't like, he doesn't know when he's posting on Instagram, he doesn't know that I am someone who has gone to four shows and lives in Nashville and has bought, you know, this amount of merch or whatever. But with Instagram, he can know that obviously it's not going to be like, Alyssa did this, <laughs> it's going to be that he can create a tag in, you know, convert kit and say, I want to send an email to everyone who just went to my Nashville show and he can send a thank you and maybe share a story from something that happened, you know, at the show that we all were a part mm-hmm. of. And there's already like a moment that was created during email marketing that just couldn't happen on Instagram mm-hmm. because there's no way to target people like that. And especially like with merch, there's no way for him to know that I've purchased things from him. But with email marketing, you can say, I want to send an email to everyone who's purchased this t-shirt because I just launched this sweatshirt that I think they're going to like. It just gets so much more um, focused and builds that relationship and gets more targeted and can help you make more money from your listeners, which obviously like they want to give you that money. They Mm -hmm. want that merch. They want the music. So it's a win-win for you and your fans. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's so much easier to create different kinds of like communities within your community almost. And I don't know, like just thinking about like merch and like opportunities to give people who are paying attention, you know, options that maybe other people who aren't a part of the list, like might not have I think everybody likes to feel like they're a part of something and this just gives people like, I mean, and you mentioned like, it might not say Alyssa, but it could say Alyssa if they use personalization tags. So (laughs) I mean, you do, then you would feel really special, but um, yeah, I can totally like all of those points are so interesting. I had never thought about like, if you had bought something at the Nashville show and something had happened that was like funny or whatever, like that's a really smart way to like keep that group together and like thinking about what happened at the show. Like that's, I hadn't even thought about it that way. So that was a really good example. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, if Kevin comes to Nashville again, obviously he can post on Instagram for all of his fans to see, Hey, I'm coming to Nashville, but only a, you know, small ish Mm -hmm. segment of people are going to even care about that. And it's possible that plenty of people who would care about that don't have Instagram or don't follow Mm -hmm. him on Instagram, but with email, he can send an email to anyone who has ever seen him 
and lives close to Nashville or went to a Nashville show and really target those people who are the right fit. So it's just like being able to get your message in front of the right people. So I hope we have convinced some of you musicians listening that email marketing is really, really important. You should do it. And it isn't scary at all. Uh, We're going to go through really specific examples of ways that you can incorporate email marketing into your strategy. You don't need a manager to do it. It's something you can handle. Uh, Okay, so we're going to jump into the specifics on how to use email marketing to turn fans into super fans. The first one is build a landing page and put it anywhere that your fans could find you, like Instagram bio or your website or any other place um, where you're online. And this is just a great way to like capture your fans' information and keep them in the loop. Um, Even if you don't use it like right away, it's just you don't know when you're going to have an opportunity to get that information again. Yes, for sure. And make sure once you do, you know, have that landing page built that there is a form spot where people can put in their email address and that you have links out to anywhere that you want people to find you like Spotify or Apple Music, YouTube, if you use YouTube to create content and things like that. So you can think of this landing page as sort of a hub where you would want fans to be able to go and then, you know, sign up for your email list and follow you anywhere that they are present. So you might be wondering, okay, I have a landing page and why would someone sign up for my email list? Like I feel awkward asking for emails or I feel like people just won't sign up. And that is um, a normal concern. And you do need to give people a reason to sign up for your email list. And luckily for musicians, you all have a ton of ways to get people to sign up for your list. So a few of the ways we've seen um, be really effective is to say, you know, I have a show coming up, pre-sale code will go out to my email list only. So if you want to get pre-sale tickets to get the best seats before it sells out, you know, go to the link in my bio and sign up for my email list, and then you'll get that pre-sale code. We've seen that is super, super effective. Second one is early access for merch, Uh, pretty similar, but if you have some merch dropping that looks amazing, it's always good to build up that hype on Instagram and say that your email list is going to get access to it first. Of course, if it might sell out, that's even more appealing. Yep. Those always work for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm the the one who signs up. I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to get an opportunity to buy it. So if you're wondering if anyone falls for that, they do. I do. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not even like you have to be, um, you know, misleading. Like that truly is the case. It happens. Yeah. I assume concerts, like even when they are back, we mentioned last episode, like some concerts are happening now actually. And they are super limited seating. So you can kind of use that in your advantage with the promotion and say like, hey, there really are not many seats available. So if you want to come, you want to make sure you're on the pre-sale list. And same with merch. Like it's not gimmicky to, you know, try and give that urgency to people and make sure they can access what they want to access, get the merch they want, get the seats they want. Mm -hmm. Um, Another great option is giving a free digital download to people who decide to sign up for your email list. 
that could look like, you know, a digital download of a single they would find on Spotify, or it could be something that they would only access if they signed up for your list, such as maybe even a demo recording. That would be super cool. I know everyone mm-hmm. loves when like Taylor Swift puts out um, a voice recording that she just made on her iPhone whenever she was dreaming up a song um, or, you know, an acoustic version of one of your songs or a cover, really anything. If you you know, if your fans love you, they're going to want it. Again, speaking to Mm -hmm. like Kevin Garrett, literally, if he put out anything, I would be like, I want it. Get me on that email list. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And then fourth, kind of similarly, is offering exclusive content to your email list. I think that can vary depending on who you are as a musician. If you are a great storyteller, or if you are a really great writer, maybe your fans know that you love coffee, for example, like you can be like, hey, I'm going to send out an email that talks through like the perfect way to make a pour over coffee, whatever. Or I'm going to send an email every week of a story that's like happened to me lately or a story behind a song. Any sort of exclusive content that you're not going to put on any of your social media is a great way to get people excited to sign up for your email list and provide value in that way. I love hearing how songs came about. I am a big Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a polarizing, she's a polarizing person to be a fan of or not. But um, I, yeah, I think when artists share about like what was their inspiration, and I know a lot of artists do this. It's not like she's the first and only one who's ever done that. But uh, the way that she has been able to like storytell is definitely like, if you can do it in a way that like kind of captures why your audience loves you, I mean, I would absolutely sign up for exclusive content just to kind of get like the behind the scenes of like how a song came about. Like I, there's, have you watched the show on Netflix called Making of the Song or something like that? Song Exploder? Yeah, song Explorer, is that what yes. it's called? Yeah. Yes. Well, it totally makes you a fan. It makes you a super fan. It does. Like when you watch those, all of a sudden, like, there was a – my uh, parents made me watch the Dua Lipa. That's the only episode I've seen, but I loved it. Okay. It was amazing. And even, like, my parents were like, we've heard her music before, but, like, we are so impressed now, like, just learning about, like, who she is and, like, how that song – and, like, it was amazing. And if someone came out with, like, ex- exclusive content like that, it would absolutely make people, like – so committed to that artist. I just feel like that's like the best way to go. I love that. It's so true. I think we love to see a peek behind the curtain of someone who is just so talented and creative. And Mm -hmm. even even as, you know, you and I, again, we're not musical, we're not musicians, but we love music. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we don't have to know, you know, the cool microphone you're using or what, you know, all the stuff you're doing is necessarily, but to hear the stories behind it and how it was made, it helps us root for you as a musician and like Mm want to be a part of your story and want to see it, you know, see your journey. And I think that's so true when it comes to Taylor Swift specifically, like when she came out with Folklore, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, I really like this. But like, I listened Mm -hmm. to it, I think a few times and that was it. And I really liked it, but it just like, I kind of forgot about it. And then when the Mm -hmm. Long Pond studio sessions came out on Mm -hmm. Disney Plus, my husband and I watched that and we just like loved it. We were both so hyped up. And then I listened to Folklore for just like months, just on repeat. Yep. Because I saw that peek behind the curtain. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think it's just like, 
she found that that I think worked. I mean, she already, I know it's a different scale, you know, it's Taylor Swift, but she, I guarantee there are people who were like, didn't know how they felt about the album or didn't know how they felt about certain things. And that, I mean, that's what this whole episode is about is turning those people into people who are going to like want to continue to support your whole career. Yes. I love that so much. And so, yeah, think about how you can do that through your emails. I mean, you can sit down and type out an email telling a story about the song, the inspiration behind it, you know, what happened. If there was a funny thing that happened in the studio while you were recording it, or I always love the stories of like, you know, you have a song and then you go into the studio and it totally like changes because of, you know, someone else's input. Maybe the drummer like did some cool thing and you're like, oh my gosh, I love that. And it totally changed the trajectory. Like telling stories like that is so fun. So make sure to Mm -hmm. do that through your email list um, to encourage more people to sign up. And then those people who sign up and were fans are going to turn into super fans. Absolutely. Um, So another tip that you might know about is to um, send emails before a release that's coming up, asking people to pre-save your song on Spotify. You might have seen that this is happening a lot more often, both on Instagram and through email. Um, But on Instagram, I think a lot of us, you know, we're just tap, tap, tap and scroll in a way. Like we're not really ready to like go to another website or like take a call to Mm -hmm. action because you're like, you're just ready to see the next story or the next picture on your feed. Email is not that way at all. When you sit down and you open your inbox, whether it's on your phone or your computer, you're more like right there ready to like take action that someone wants you to. You're in a better headspace. So asking someone to pre-save your song on Spotify through email is probably going to have a much higher success rate than doing it on Instagram. And the reason why that's really important is because sort of like how email deliverability works, it tells the algorithms people want to hear this song, people like this song. It sort of gives a nice positive boost um, right before your song comes out, and it's going to give your song a greater chances of showing up on those playlists um, like New Music Friday or, you know, like the genre-based playlist, and that's going to help you get more listeners. So make sure to do the pre-save emails before your release. It's a really good tip. Love it. Love having specific tips. I hope they're helpful. So you might be thinking, okay, I have people on my email list. You've given me some ideas of how to get those emails. What else can I send other than pre-save emails? And you know, we've talked a little bit about getting personal, but there's all sorts of things you can send. I think the sweet spot is a mixture of personal, exclusive content that your fans like can't find anywhere else and are loving, you know, kind of building that relationship with you through email with a mixture of promotional content that they're also going to be really excited about. Like, hey, here's a new sweatshirt I just released, or here are some handwritten lyrics you can purchase, or um, here are my tour dates. You know, you can blend the two and yeah, have a great response rate and um, a really high rate of purchases. So one example of an artist doing a really great job of making those personal emails, this happened, gosh, over a year ago now, but Lord um, sent out an email and it was so crazy. Like this doesn't happen often, but the email like broke the internet. It was trending on Twitter. People freaked out. People loved her email. And really, it was just very personal email. I have a tweet um, pulled up here. 
and it has screenshots. So we can add that to the show notes, but it's has a picture of her and then a lot of just like storytelling and personal writing. I mean, I'm just like looking at the replies now and it's people all kind of, I'm losing my mind. I'm sobbing <laughs> reading now, but like um, <laughs> your fans, yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your fans want to hear this stuff. They want to hear from you. They want to see um, what's going on. And th- I think this just spoke to so many people because it felt way more personal than anything mm-hmm. she could have put on social media. Definitely. I mean, especially when I feel like there are only so many ways that an artist can connect with fans who feel like, I think everybody, you feel like you're part of a family kind of when you are like, you find out that someone is also a huge fan of the same artist that you love. Um, And when that artist has to connect to so many people um, and keep those connections strong, I feel like especially in the early stages of like an up and coming artist, like the email you can send to, and we kind of talked about this earlier, but it just personalizes what you have to say a little bit more than just going live on Instagram. Because like you said, Alyssa, people are taking the time to like sit down and take in the information you're sending out. And I just think it, I don't know, it just has a totally different touch and feel than just someone talking at a screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the numbers have shown that fans agree too, which is what's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid to write that personal content. I know like we have some musicians and I have, I know some artist managers who really stick with the promotional type of emails and that's okay mm-hmm. too, but your promotional emails are going to go a lot farther if you have done the other work, the uh, more personal type of emails along with it, because just like we were talking about earlier, it just helps your fans be more engaged, more excited. Mm -hmm. It helps them know you better, which strangely just like it helps the whole experience. It makes you excited to go to a show or buy merch because you're invested. That's really what it comes down to. It helps your fans become invested in you as a musician. And it's not just them, you know, listening to your songs every once in a while. It's them actually like feeling a sense of community and I can't even think of the word, but they're invested in your journey. Yeah. That's a great way to say it, that they're invested. Perfect. Well, I think we've given some good examples of what kind of content to send. And I also want to point out, especially for those artists who are really trying to earn a living, make this your career, if you haven't already, We definitely know that it's hard to make money in music, especially right now with the way streaming Mm -hmm. is. It's very hard to make money in streaming at all. And really touring is going to be your biggest revenue generator and, um, you know, (laughs) COVID-19. So Mm -hmm. making money right now is really hard as a musician. And there are so many different options that I think a lot of musicians don't know they have through monetizing Mm -hmm. your email list. So let's talk through a few of those examples. First, you can have your subscribers pay like a monthly fee, for example, to be a part of your exclusive club, like a fan club, for example. And you can make that all happen through email marketing. You can, through ConvertKit, you know, set up your account, create a paid newsletter. And then um, if your fans sign up, let's say for 5 or $10 a month, you can send them exclusive content like we talked about, maybe more peek behind the curtain mm-hmm. type of 
um, content. You could create music just for them. Obviously, nothing super high budget probably, but just like even, you know, in your room with a guitar, you know, doing a cover song or something or acoustic versions of your song. Anything like that, um, you can totally make money with a fan club. Anyone can do it. You don't need to have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. It doesn't take that many um, audience members or fans to add up to, I mean, you know, a good chunk of income there from a paid newsletter. So that's something to think about. Mm -hmm. They're all the rage right now. I just saw, I think, just like paid not subscriptions, but like almost like clubs. Um, Did you see that Twitter is going to start having something like this now? So crazy. Everyone's really loving this business model. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, I feel like uh, some people like uh, my boyfriend the other day was like, who would pay? And I'm like, people do. I would. I mean, if there, there's artists out there that I, especially like up and coming artists that I really like and support, like I would definitely sign up for something like that. He was, he was shocked. He was like, this is a thing. I was like, yeah, everyone's doing it. (laughs) Yeah. It really is crazy. It is a thing. And one reason if you're like, okay, I do love that business model. I want to monetize maybe like a fan club kind of idea. Obviously there's Patreon and there's um, Twitter now apparently and so many other tools. But if you use ConvertKit or, you know, like an email-based subscription model. Again, you own that audience. So if for some reason you are like, okay, I can't do the paid content anymore, you can still reach those people. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. like this big closing of a door, like it might've been on Patreon or somewhere else. That's a great point. Yeah. And you can, you can adjust, you can adapt. If you don't like the platform you're using, you can move that email list to a different one. It's not as like, chained to a specific platform if you use email to Mm -hmm. build that um, business model. Exactly. Um, One other thing that has worked on me in the past, and I haven't seen that many artists do it, but I think it would work really well, is to sell a digital download of your release that's coming out before it hits streaming services, maybe a couple weeks before or um, maybe even a month before if you can. And people who love your music are going to be very excited to pay, you know, maybe $3 to have Mm -hmm. a download of your single before it even comes out, before it's on Spotify. And then they own that and they're supporting you. Um, I think especially right now, people are very excited to support musicians that they love. So try that strategy out if you want to monetize a little bit more. Um, And streaming is just obviously very hard to monetize in. Try teasing that release to your email list, giving them the chance to purchase it through a digital download before it hits Spotify and Apple Music. Yeah, that's a great idea. Alyssa and I are both here to say we would definitely pay for a early yes. access digital download. So again, if you're <laughs> worried about people out there, you know, wanting that that kind of thing, they're definitely out yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. I'm a big Spotify listener. Like that's my go-to thing. I pay for it, whatever, but still like for my favorite artists, I would Mm -hmm. do that all day, every day. Yeah. Same here. Love it. Um, I think we've covered the basics and hopefully you're convinced now that you should use email marketing. Also, if you are just getting started, the good news is you can do all of this for free, which is kind of Mm -hmm. crazy. So if you just go to convertkit.com, um, You can set up an account for free and 
start building that landing page where you can capture email addresses. Go put that in your the link in your bio on Instagram or anywhere else people can find you. Start directing people there. Tell them what they're going to get if they sign up for your list. So maybe go on your Instagram story, say, hey, I'm starting an email list. And if you sign up, you're going to get my pre-sale code for my tour. Whenever that happens, you're going to get earlier access to merch. I'm also going to send some personal you know, letters there and tell you what's going on in my life or story behind the songs, whatever it may be. And then once you have those people on your list, make sure you're emailing them regularly with both that kind of exclusive personalized content and your promotional content, like how they can support you. What are you releasing? What's going on? Pre-saves on Spotify, things like that. And then if you want to take it a step further and really work on making a living playing music and releasing music, then think about things like a paid fan club where people on in your fan club receive exclusive content from you through email. Um, And also think about selling your digital downloads to your email list before it hits streaming services. I think this is like the best time to get started because um, so many people in general, you know, not just artists, but people are, they're wanting to get back out into the world again. And we're, we're seeing positive signs of potentially having concerts again and that kind of thing. But before you know, we go back, if you will, to what things were like and maybe being able to attend events and stuff. Um, Get this stuff set up now before you are so busy with, you know, maybe performing live shows and doing all the other things that you probably haven't been able to do in full this last year as a musician. Um, You know, get those things set up now so that you can kind of just jump in. Yes. I love that. That's such a good point. I think Um, you know, knock on wood, knock on everything, cross all my fingers. I feel like this fall Mm -hmm. is going to be music central. Like I'm going to be at a show every night. I don't know, but I think everyone is going to be touring. So I love that advice, Melissa. Um, Yes. Get this in place now. And then once you're out on the road, you're going to have a place for people to give you their email address and you're going to be able to stay in touch with them. And it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. If you ever need help with any of this, you can reach out to us. We would love to help you. We love serving musicians. It's very, very important. So you can reach me and Melissa at convertkit.com slash deliverability. There's a form there. And if we're not the right people to help you, we'll connect you with whoever is. But we would love to help however we can. Yeah, definitely. We hope this was helpful. Well, y'all go make your music if you're a musician. (laughs) And if you create a landing page, send it to us and we would love to support you and sign up and buy all your things. Yes, definitely. (laughs) All righty. Hope you all have a great week. We will see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.